Um, I'm starting on We Agnostics, page 45, part way through. So, so where, so where are we to find this power? Well, that's exactly what this book is about. Its main object is to enable you to find a power greater than yourself, which will solve your problem. That means we have written a book which we believe to be spiritual as well as moral. And it means, of course, that we are going to talk about God. Here, difficulty arises with agnostics. Many times we talk to a new man and watch his hope rise as we discuss his alcoholic problems and explain our fellowship. But his face falls where we speak of spiritual matters, especially when we mention God. For we have reopened a subject which our man thought he had neatly evaded or entirely ignored. We know how he feels. We have shared his honest doubt and prejudice. Some of us have been violently anti-religious. To others, the word God brought up a particular idea of him with which someone had tried to impress them during childhood. Perhaps we rejected this particular conception because it seemed inadequate. With that rejection, we imagined we had abandoned the God idea entirely. We were bothered with the thought that faith and dependence upon a power beyond ourselves was somewhat weak, even cowardly. We look upon this world of warring individuals, warring theological systems and inexplicable calamity with deep scepticism. We looked askance at many individuals who claimed to be godly. How could a supreme being have anything to do with it at all? And who could comprehend a supreme being anyhow? Yet in other moments we found ourselves thinking when enchanted by a starlit night. Who then made all of this? There was a feeling of awe and wonder, but it was fleeting and soon lost. Yes, we of agnostic temperament have had these thoughts and experiences. Let us make haste to reassure you. We found that as soon as we were able to lay aside prejudice and express even a willingness to believe in a power greater than ourselves, we commenced to get results, even though it was impossible for any of us to fully define or comprehend that power, which is God. So with that, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll hand it over to you, Paul. Thank you. Thanks, Rich. Uh, I didn't know where we were for a little while, but the thing about uh, something looking very attractive and then something comes up and then there's a disdain for that, uh, that happens in a lot of topics and a lot of subjects. And it it's such a, a stubborn uh, glitch, if you want to call it that, in us, in all of us, that there's a statement in the big book by Herbert Spencer, contempt prior to investigation. Yeah, because obviously, uh, they had a clear understanding of how we react as alcoholics to information. Yes. So sometimes I remember when I share at AA meetings, people, uh, love it then they go where can i find more of this i tell them zen bitch slap i never hear from them again yeah so what happened the statement was the statement they had a feeling of it but when they got a second idea that neutered the first the first feeling of i really like this and then the second idea puts out that fire yeah yeah you can see that you could uh I, you know, there's just, I don't want to go into specifics about prejudice, but there's tons of it. Yeah, we're just, that's basically, we see with a, a slanted view, 
self-centeredness, yes? And we're extreme versions of self-centeredness. So uh, I noticed that when I was in the beginning of recovery, I started to, uh, you know, uh, life would deliver things to me and I wouldn't accept it by the package because I thought it should look a different way, like a, a babe or, yeah, or something like that. So I would get what I was actually looking for, but it wasn't in the package or the shape I was looking for it in. And one had to go, and luckily my ideas of how it should look like or be like, I gave up. And then I started to see how much uh, life was offering to me through this program, yeah? So this these slanted views and the idea of, you know, there's a sense of onness in all of us, yeah? Like there's an awakeness, there's seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, and touching, and it would be very difficult to try to describe how that happens, yeah? What triggers that? Yet we all share that commonality, yeah? It's when we try to give that a name, this is where there's a lot of discussion and people uh, will f use it as a way of out or a way of denying the invitation, yeah, because it's all about that. And you know a lot of people who they've gone to 10 minutes of an AA meeting and now they think they know what AA is, you know, it's just unbelievable. And then when all the shit's hitting, their, in, hitting the fan in their lives, they will not turn to AA because they think they know what it is, yes? This prejudice, obviously, I mean, we have the AA program's pretty sound, but there's people involved in it, you know? That's what happens. <laughs> people, you know, I mean, it's just, uh, and we are hugely powerful, obviously, yeah? In some levels, if you've read some uh, downloads, one of them, The Course in Miracles, it's basically saying you're the dreaming of this whole event and you and I give everything all the meaning it has. That's incredibly powerful, yeah? So we can, we can say no to tons of shit that we may sorely need, <laughs> yeah? And maybe that which is saying no isn't us, thank God, yeah? So maybe you can let go of some old ideas and be willing to receive what's on offer because you may be in a deep hole and you need a fucking rope. You need something to help you pull yourself out of this situation. You're not able to do it. And that's what it says later on. Lack of power, that was our dilemma. We had to find a power by which we could live. Because the power we have been living on, I'm throwing this in, makes life unlivable, really. Yeah. We had to find a power which we could live. And it had to be a power greater than ourselves, or let's say greater than self. Yeah. Obviously, but where and how are we to find this power? Well, where is going to be right where you are? How? I don't know. Yeah. AA has a certain way to reintroduce you to that higher power. Like my friend says, when he was young, he was misintroduced to the higher power through the Catholic Church and shit. And now he's been reintroduced to the higher power through AA. Yeah. Which doesn't paint you a picture of what it is. 
Yeah, you find out. Yeah. So I felt like to me, you know, I, uh, you know, they said have a higher power of own understanding. I didn't have a big, it wasn't a big hurdle, the idea of God to me. It wasn't, you know, I basically was dying of thirst. I didn't care what kind of color suit the guy or the woman was wearing who brought me the water. I just wanted the relief. Yeah. So God, no God, it didn't matter. And AA worked. So, so a higher power of my own understanding. Well, very quickly, because now I have been introduced to this new power. I mean, something, it starts activating in my life through the program. I was brought to a very quick evolution to having a higher power of its own understanding. Yeah. Which was to me radically, uh, (laughs) that's revelatory. Yeah. So I gave up the old idea of having God fit my image and my package. And I opened up to having it reveal itself to me. And it has, yeah, in this program, through others, through life, through this, through that. So, uh, I understand, I don't understand uh, agnosticism. I don't, I'm not in that position. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I really feel it's more about relief. I don't really care in a lot of ways uh, what the means looks like as long as that end gets produced. Yes. So to me, I'm not stuck on a name or a idea. I much rather have relief from what's driving me crazy. And uh, this whole higher power idea fit me perfectly because when I got struck sober, First, it told me very clearly I'm fucked, which I had been in that condition for quite a while, but it was sort of news to me. And then it dropped in, you're not managerial quality. So this was very important to realize. When I first got an AA, I thought by reading the first step as it is in the 12 steps, I thought my drinking and using was causing my unmanageability. And I thought a lot of my behaviors was caused by cocaine. And when I would stop cocaine, those behaviors would stop. That didn't work. (laughs) Those behaviors continued on some level without doing the drug or the alcohol. So I was wrong about that. Yeah. And so uh, the idea of surrender, uh, I I had had a flavor of surrender. I had been forced to to surrender to the police a number of times. I had surrendered to drugs and alcohol. I had surrendered to some people maybe every once in a while. But I found that what's going to make the surrender is what you surrender to. And uh, finally, in AA, I surrendered to this idea of a higher power. Yeah. And I truly feel And I believe most people, if they just looked at it, they would see a lot of evidence that something has done for me what I could not do for myself. Yeah. Over and over again. And I've seen that something that that could do what I could not do for myself, do a lot of shit for others. Yeah. So to me, as an action figure, as Paul, the best posture Paul can take is a surrender. Yeah. 
And if you don't know what surrender is, I would hope that it will be given to you. It was given to me when I got struck sober. I just realized the futility of self trying to get out of self. I've been doing it since I was six years old and obviously it hadn't been truly successful. So uh, the idea of surrender is, yeah, is sort of like the, the artistic tune I live my life by. I feel something is doing for me, even these talks, I get to show up to every Paul Hedeman talk because I never show up. Yeah, I just don't see it as me talking. <laughs> and I thank God for you <laughs> that it isn't me talking. <laughs> so, so, uh, surrender. I remember in 1985, I surrendered to a place called Delancey Street. I had no intention of surrendering. All I wanted was a place to stay that night. So they said, you can have a place to stay if you make a two-year commitment. <laughs> so I agreed and I ended up staying there for two years from 85 to 87. So, and they ran pretty much every waking moment of my life from that point on. So I had, and when I left Delancey Street, I didn't really like a lot about Delancey Street and the lady who ran it and stuff like that, but I had to begrudgingly admit that my life looked better with Delancey Street running it than it ever did with me running it, yeah? So I had the spirit of surrender, and yet then I was introduced to, uh, the perfect thing or no thing to surrender to this idea of a higher power. And what that caused was a launching into the fourth step and the working steps. Yeah. Yeah. I made a decision to turn this will and life over to care of something else because it wasn't in my care to give it over to something else. I had to make a decision because I, I wasn't controlling Paul's will in life, self was, yeah? So I needed to weaken the, the, the hold of self by doing the working steps four through nine to a sufficient point where the self could be moved over to the passenger side and something else could start driving, yeah? And now my life has been driven by that power for 34 years and quite happy with the, the scenic, uh, the scenery ending, you know, getting to my destinations. <laughs> so, yeah. This also goes into an important thing on page 52 in We Agnostics that I like a lot. I think it's, no, it's page 53 and, and uh, 54. So it says, Without knowing it, had we not been brought to where we stood by a certain kind of faith? What kind of faith are they talking about? Raw, energetic faith, not a faith, not a denomination, not a sect, not a cult. Faith, yeah? A force, 
that can move mountains. Yeah. Without knowing it, had we not been brought to where we stood by a certain kind of faith. So where I stood was I was fucked. Yeah. What brought me there? Faith in the thought systems. I completely believed the shit that was running through the head. Completely. Yeah. When it says you want Coke, I wanted Coke. <laughs> when you said that guy's planning to rip you off, I threatened that guy. <laughs> Whatever came up, I completely, you know, s- stepped to attention and yes, sir. Yeah. I had complete faith in self. And look at where it brought me. Yeah. Where it brought you. Maybe the scenery is a little different, but the conditions the same. Com- incomprehensible, pitiful demoralization. We don't just go there. We're driven there. Yeah, yeah. Something takes us to maybe the scenic route of hell, so to speak, <laughs> and brings us to that parking space. What drove that was faith. Yeah, yeah. So had we not been brought to where we stood by a certain kind of faith, for did we not believe in our reasoning? What's what he's talking about reasoning, the thought system, yes? How we, our logic, how we see things, yeah? We had complete faith in that. And that's infected with alcoholism, where the problem resides, the mind. Did we not have confidence in our ability to think? Yeah. You couldn't convince me otherwise. No fucking way. Yeah. What was that but a sort of faith? What is it but a sort of faith? Yeah. So when someone says, I don't have faith, there's faith before that. Yeah. Someone who's proclaiming they have no faith, there's faith in that. So, yes, we had been faithful, abjectly faithful to this God of reason. Go to the the third step, and the first thing, got to quit playing God. What what, What variation of God is that? The God of reason. Yes? The God of reason. Where else does he mention God on that site, on that kind of level, concerning a lower power? The one right before the how and, you know, the the third step where it says, first, you got to quit playing God. And now, I don't know, maybe other places, but this is the other place, God of reason. So I would imagine that which is pl- the stopping of playing God is losing faith in the God of reason. Yes, which is weakening the devotion to thoughts. How does that happen? Yeah, hopefully by seeing they're not yours. How can you come to that conclusion? Go to meetings, listen to people share their thoughts and their feelings and their actions in life. Don't they sound similar to yours? If all these people have your thoughts, how can they be your thoughts? They're shared thoughts, yes? The difference between a my thought and thought is usually different. Thought's probably not going to ruin your day, but my thought can. Yeah? My is faith in that thought. Yeah. So what was that but a sort of faith? Yes, we have been faithful, abjectly faithful to the God of reason. So here's the perhaps the better way. 
trusting the infinite rather than finite self. Let's call finite self one of its uh, aliases, God of reason. <laughs> yeah. That's what has, that, what, that is what has defeated us. Yeah. Faith in the God of reason, faith in finite self, trust in finite self. What's the better, so what's the better way? Trusting the infinite. But first you got to realize if you're identified as finite self and you start to try to trust the infinite, you're actually trusting the finite self. Do you see it, please? If you don't see it, you're looking from it. If you're looking from it, you probably don't know. Yeah. If you see it, you will know when you're looking from it. Yeah, you'll know, you'll see it. Finally. Yeah. That's trusting the infinite. Trusting the infinite is basically the mirror image, the opposite of losing interest in self. Yeah. When there's a loss of interest in self, then you look in life as what you can contribute. You gain interest in others. All of these possibilities are premised or based on loss of interest in self. Why? Because if there isn't a loss of interest in self, it will be self, yeah, claiming to be contributing to life. Self concerning other people, yes? The road is there. The impediment has to be moved. If you don't, you're not going to see the whole road without the impediment being moved. Yeah. What's the impediment? Self. Bondage of self. Faith in reason. Yeah. What's the solution? Losing faith in reason. How can we do it? We can't. What can do it? The program of AA with some fucking understanding. Yeah. The understanding of what? Self can't get out of self. Because people have practiced this program and they realize something. That self had commandeered the program and they were trying to get out of what had defeated them as what had defeated them. They were trying to get out of self as self and they left the marker on the road for us. Yeah, it's not in the book, but it's in our community. Self can't get out of self. It's an important warning because if, if it isn't, you may think you're virtuous and kind while you're generous and shit like that. But isn't that self-will? Yeah. My marker is if I'm doing terrible things, that's self-will. If I'm doing great things, that's God's will. No, probably not. Yeah. It could be self-will. It could be the wolf in the sheep's disguise. What? Yeah. It needs to be an understanding of the exact nature of the problem. If you're identified as it, you're trying to get out of it as it. Yeah. Self can't get out of self. I so sorely want to get out of self, but if I'm identified as it, my trying to get out of it is reinforcing self. Yeah. The out, my desire to get out of self and all my activities to get out of self is actually the bigger in self. What? Yeah. 
then you don't need rationalizations why things aren't working. You'll realize why things aren't working because self is commandeered the situation. It's now critiquing like your drug use is critiquing your program just like it used to critique your drug use. Yeah. It's still, it's still walking the same beat. Yeah. And there's faith in it. Yeah. And then for a lot of us, what happens is a reliance on a higher program is practiced as a self-help program. It is, isn't it? I do all the work. I'm managing it. I'm controlling it. I'm judging how I'm doing. Da, 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 da. Doesn't sound like a a reliance on a higher power. It sounds like self-help. Yeah. When does it change? Does it, is it only in the beginning it's reliance on a higher power? And then as you mature, it's time to take the reins again, to get the wheel. Now you can drive. Do you believe that? Or is it a reliance on a higher power? By what? Admitting a certain innate powerlessness. Yeah. That we discovered with the statement self can't get out of self. Yeah. So yes, you know, I feel AA, they bent over backwards to make it an open gate, you know, a gateless gate. So agnostics, whatever types, drug people, anything, just come on in. (laughs) You know what I mean? Come on in and decide if you want to stay or not, but come in first. Yeah. Let's make it. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. It's just an amazing thing that for something that's so deadly, it can be matched with such a lack of interest in being to, in, in recovery from it. It's mind boggling, yeah? Can you imagine if this if there was a day at a time solution to cancer? Those meetings would be, there would be lines going around 30 blocks, yeah? But for some of us, oh, it's too much, you know, shit. Too much, I got, I've got, you know, Fucking, uh, whatever. (laughs) I'm binge watching something. Yes. Life according to Paul. (laughs) You're the only one who subscribed to the the syndication. (laughs) It's too similar to any other alcoholic and addict. Yeah. So, yeah, we're here. This is just obviously, you know, they say experience, strength, and hope. And I think after 30 years, you have the right to share your opinions of some shit. (laughs) And my opinion is there's not a clarity about the exact nature of the wrong. And we're attempting to just provide one and see if it fits. It's like a shoe. If it doesn't fit, don't worry about it. If it fits, wear it maybe. See if it works, yeah? Do an inventory as prescribed on page 64. Being convinced self manifests in various ways is what has defeated us. Let's look at its common manifestations. All right, so resentment is the next paragraph. Look at resentment, not as yours, but as a manifestations of self. Let's see. See what kind of information you get out of the inventory. Yeah? 
right in the book, page 64. We didn't put it in there. <laughs> it, seems, it seems to be a clear instruction, doesn't it? It gives you the theme. It gives you, it, then it explains how to do it. And it gives you the, the, the target of why we're doing it, to see how self has defeated us. Yeah, pretty clear. All in that one sentence. I don't see how it can be turned into anything else. Self is not us. It mentions us in the same sentence. Yeah. It's not a replacement for self in another sentence. It's being clear, being convinced self manifests in various ways as what has defeated us. Yeah. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to use two different things. Uh, names for the same thing. He does it a lot, but not in this case. Self does not mean us. Does it? I don't know. I don't see it that way. I think we're the us and there's something, there's an activity called self. And that activity, when it draws a lot of faith into it and an obsession about it is what has defeated us. Yeah. And we need the relief, we need relief from the bondage of self. Yeah. It's not relief from self because there isn't any. It's a bondage to this idea. Yeah. To such a point where when you come in AA and they say you got to save your ass instead of your face, you think your face is your ass. You do. You're trying to save your face because you have completely swallowed the fucking self. Yeah. You're more worried about what you think other people are thinking about you than much most of anything else. <laughs> it's insane. You know, I mean, seriously, <laughs> it's not it's not only you looking at you, it's everyone else looking at you from your view. <laughs> but you can't get more myopic than that. <laughs> Everyone thinks of me just like I think of me. And I'm scared of how they're thinking of me <laughs> because I'm fucking petrified of how I'm thinking of me. <laughs> when someone tells me they're thinking of me differently, I don't believe them. I know they're gonna, I know they see me exactly like I see me. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> Let me tell you how you see me. <laughs> uh, I don't think about you much, Paul. No, I know you do. <laughs> on and on. I mean, you should be go right to intensive care. <laughs> there should be a an ambulance. I'm perfectly healthy in every other way. You gotta go to intensive care. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. <laughs> I don't know if I addressed uh, a couple of paragraphs. I don't know. But, <laughs> but if anybody wants to share or anything, let's see. Thanks, Paul. Um, yeah, I've got a question for you from Judy. Judy, would you like to unmute yourself? I'm unmuted. So, yep. Paul. We live in a culture in, in our country that is promotes 
self to the nth degree, the American dream, drive, make money, power, success, breaking away from that. When did you surrender? Who was the person that surrendered when you surrendered? Were you still in the, the self mode or you had loss of self? Uh, well, let's say the self didn't surrender, but the, the surrender went to the innermost of the self. How? Yeah. I don't know how. I was just sitting in a trailer park in Calistoga. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know how. I just felt uh, maybe there had been a huge piling on. <laughs> I mean, I sort of had lived on a bottom for years. And I guess it hit a point of critical mass of being sick and tired of being, I was so past even being sick and tired of being sick and tired. I had actually come to a, a certain kind of peace about my fate. I was just going to try to stay obliterated as much as I could until I went to jail or death or an institution again, really, because I thought I gave it my best shot in this program for two years. And when I left, I went back out and uh, the, the pain of that hope being extinguished was really a pitiful and comprehensible demoralization. And uh, it just got increasingly worse as the months went on. And then after 10 months, uh, after graduating from that place, I was on a run, you know, you know, I blackouts, I don't know if you've had them, but blackouts, in my experience was sort of when you were coming out of one, it was like, you parachuted behind enemy lines, you had no idea what the situation was, but you picked the cues up and you no one was missing you because you'd been there. Yeah, all the while, but you felt you were gone. So I came out of a sort of a blackout and I was sitting in a trailer at a at a trailer park near this hang gliding airport in Calistoga, California, uh, two hours north of San Francisco. Facing me was a guy with a big head with bulbous nose and varicose veins. I didn't know who the hell he was. And we had a bottle of Royal Gate vodka, which is the gate you usually entered at the end, the Royal Gate, very cheap vodka. And we were passing this bottle back and forth. And uh, man, I looked at this guy like he was a bum, you know? And yet he was looking at me like I was a bum. And then something just cracked then. The screen went uh, dark. And for contrast, it stayed dark for a few seconds. And then there was this lettering came on it. And that was, I'm fucked, yeah? And a little underneath it was, and I'm not managerial quality. And that was it. Yeah. I haven't had a drink since that day. And, uh, but that probably would have changed in a day unless I was introduced to a way of life, which happened that night. Yeah. That surrender or that download set off trains of circumstances that brought me to an AA meeting that night. Yeah. And uh, I felt great fortune about that. And uh, it provoked it provoked some gratitude and actually hope the first meeting. 
and it allowed me to feel how hopeless I was really. Yeah, and there was a there was a reckoning. I wasn't really engaged in it. I was going to be informed of it, but the innermost something had put a stop to it and I was convinced. Yeah, and uh, that's never changed. Never doesn't come up for review every few months or debate. Uh, and uh, I've never had a strong feeling or a thought about drinking and using for 34 years now. So it's been easy on that level for me. It hasn't been fighting temptations or urges because if I had an urge, I probably would do it because that's what I did. I followed urges, but that urge was removed. Yeah, something took it out or put it out. And then uh, luckily that I got introduced to a way of life and that way of life allowed that surrender to extend in time. Yeah, it allowed that little possibility to grow. Without AA, it would have been, I would probably would have been loaded that night. Yeah, seriously. I feel, uh, but it was a perfect one-two punch, yeah. There was a reckoning and here you go. Here's a way of life. Yeah. I didn't see it that way at the moment, but I felt better when I went to meetings. Yeah. And then I realized, uh, I realized a lot actually <laughs> as the days went on. Seriously, I realized a whole lot. And, uh, I believe I think in the 12 and 12, they talk about the first step as reflective of when you were getting loaded. And then the second one is reflective of being in the program that you come to believe, you came to believe that something greater than you could do for you what you couldn't do for yourself. I hadn't drank in eight weeks. So that was my second step observation. My first step observation was that day. The third step, I realized I had been occupied by something that wasn't willing to leave. <laughs> so I had to make a decision to turn my will and life over to the care of something else. And, uh, and then right then and then, there, you launch into the working steps, the four through nine. Yes. And I did that to the best of my ability. And that gave life to the third step. Yeah. And now my dilemma of powerlessness was was uh relieved i had a source of power i would not call it mine nor do i ever and that power see when i'm exerting power i experience powerlessness frustration resentment fucking pissed off when i when i keep when i'm in the admittance of powerless i only experience power yeah i experience power during the day so I don't think those things need to change. I don't think they need to come and go. You can get established there. Yeah. You can be convinced. It's one of the requirements in our big book. You have the ability to be convinced. Yeah, I've been thoroughly convinced. It took a whack because I wasn't being convinced by getting run over twice by a car or shot at or beat up or whatever. None, nothing seemed to be working. So something took it in its own hands and just whacked me yeah in a fucking trailer park <laughs> yeah and that was that yeah 
who knows how it's going to happen, but it, it, you may be under the effect of it happening right now. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So uh, some people lose interest gradually. That, that urge to get loaded drops and they didn't even notice it for a while. For me, it was more dramatic because it happened in a moment. Yeah, but inevitably the same effect can occur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't, yeah, that's what I, that's the, the story I have around it. I have it, you know, yeah. No, first I needed to be really clear. Uh, what AA gave me and the idea that it was a disease was of the first baby step of seeing that which was defeating me as not me. And I got a vast amount of relief from seeing it as alcoholism or a disease. And then that opened up to see it more and more that it's not me. And uh, I feel really that's the only way you can truly be free from something you're identified as is seeing it as not you. That's the only way you can't be free as it. That's for sure. Yeah. So how are you going to be free? You're going to be free from it. Like it says, give, please relieve us from this bondage of self, you know, relieve us of this burden. Yeah. If you think you are the burden, how are you going to get relief from it? Yeah, it's impossible. So this is this was a monumental shift in 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 my life in recovery. I don't know what happened, maybe seven years or something, where I saw self as foreign to me. And as soon as I saw it as foreign to me, the possibility of being free from it became tangible. Yes. I needed first to see it as something other then the tangibility of being free from it became clear. And then it's just plays out. It's been playing out ever since. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we're here. That's the faith I have in the message. Because this is how it happened with me. I did not get free from self as self. No, no. I saw it as something other than me, foreign. And that opened up a possibility that here to, before that it wasn't available. I was trying to be free as it. <laughs> That's what I was trying to be. <laughs> just like I was trying to be free as it in recovery, just like I was trying to be free as it when I was shooting dope. It was the same drive to be free. <laughs> as self that didn't work yeah didn't work in recovery it didn't work in drug addiction yeah so it's from freedom from self yes yeah it's very distinctly different because this actually the freedom from self is readily available because there isn't one <laughs> there isn't a self but we don't let's not go there right now that's another another meeting <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> this is sort of like marinara sauce goes with good with pasta. Yeah. So 
here we have recovery and then we have non-duality that's a, a perfect source for recovery s <laughs> s o u r c e really source yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it works very well together <laughs> thanks paul and thanks for your question judy are you ready for another question paul yeah yeah sure Okay, so we got your brother from another mother, Walter from the Netherlands next. If you'd like to unmute yourself, Walter. Can you hear me like this? I can hear you like this. Okay, hey Paul. After all, I uh, got interested in Bloodline. <laughs> the show on Netflix. They still yeah. have it on there, right? Eh? Yeah, I'm in the, the second season now. Oh, there you go. And there's this Danny. And of course, I know how it works. And probably it ends all up that he goes to the AA, the typical codependency stuff. And of course, I recognize a whole lot of it. And I did the steps, etc., etc. And anyway, I recognize, you know, all these traumas from a far away childhood, you know, and I spoke with my sponsor about it. Um, uh, he's got the same problems and so on. And we do a fourth step, you know. And, um, you know, I did my amends as far, as far as I could do. And I definitely see my faults in it, in the relationships, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, I come across people who are just as crazy as me. At least I've got now the ability to step away from it before uh, it turns into drama, you know. I check it with my sponsor and he says, no, yeah, that's that and that, stay away from it. But anyway, you know, so I look again, at the moment I've got a cold, so I'm on my own and I don't feel physically well. There's this old feeling of depression. I go back to my childhood once again. I have a lot of sympathy for this Danny in the movie. And then I see my early childhood, you know, there was already child abuse, there was already a serious attempt of suicide, you know, I mean, really a small child. And I mean, this is haunting me, you know, I, not, not that I uh, mindfuck about it, but I see that the blueprint is made of a psycho psychological behavior, you know. Um, I mean, how many four step? And I don't have part in it, you know. I'm not to blame in it that part, but somehow this come. I saw coming back home my life, and of course trying to escape it, uh, doing crazy stuff, a lot of alcohol. You know how the story goes. You know, and um, what I understood from your story, you, you, you. You know exactly the point when you were about six, you know, something like that. Uh, your father got ill, uh, etc. You know, from there the things develop. Uh, yeah, it's just a story, you know. It's just a story after all. And sometimes you, I'm out. Walter, Walter. Yeah. You know, there's for, for let's say trauma is. Uh, is like an impression that's been added onto. So the impression left a, a mark, yes? Yeah. On this little story of Paul and Walter. And then sometimes the head piles on quite a lot. 
Yeah, yeah. Now, there, I like the idea of energetic body work, tell you the truth, when it comes to releasing some of this, these knots. Yeah, I don't think talking about it that much uh, I don't. works. I, I know, but, but, but Paul, okay. I did all those kind of things already, you know. Well, then you have to then you have to look at uh, that that the head finds great value in this in these old stories, mm, yeah. Mm, and mm. the idea yeah. is when it's when it's severely uh, going down that rabbit hole, you have you know the idea of service and stuff that can bring you back out and get some air, and then you'll see it hopefully in a new light. Yeah, because mm -hmm. it's just, it's got its, a lot of the head has a finite lifespan. Yeah, it can only run for so long. And then mm -hmm. it runs out of juice, if unless we keep feeding it. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah, well, uh, when, I, when I'm watching uh, Bloodline, of course, it's being fat, you know. <laughs> Well, I'll have to give you I, another I, suggestion. I, I'm sick at the uh, moment. No, I'm not going to watch porn. But just giant truck meets. Yeah, <laughs> well, now, now, now I want to finish Bloodline. See how uh, that goes. Right. Yeah, and then you can put an end. And uh, all I know is the when you find principles that have revealed their truthfulness, there's just relying on them. Yeah. And sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly. I have shared about something I had that I did not have an ability uh, to have a viable relationship with another person. Yeah. When it came to real intimacy, I would have it the 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 relation with intimacy would lead me to flipping out. Yeah. Feeling yeah, very, very paranoid that like my father and grandmother are going to leave again. <laughs> sort of like, yeah, yeah just I playing have the same something. story. Yeah. And there I was in AA. I came into AA with the hopes that that had a lot to do with my drinking and using, but it was yeah. there without the drinking and using. So, yeah. And it had a strange pattern. It usually would act out on like near holidays. Yeah. Like Christmas, New Year's, July 4th. Mm. I would feel and it would come like a like a like a snake oil salesman, you know. And then I would buy the first snake oil and then it would be off and running. And my foot was in my mouth and it was like the python swallowing the rat. Exactly. It just was no stopping it. And I would act out, make a fucking fool. Of nice way. Really a nice yeah. way, sir. And so this went on for about 11 years. Let's see, 88, 11 years in sobriety. I even went to therapy concerning this. Which I never, you know, which done didn't before. work out, of course. <laughs> I tried to do that and I realized, you know, I felt like something out of the course now, the unhealed healers. I didn't see the person that was well that was helping me be well or something, <laughs> whatever. So I, but I was up, I was at my wits end. Yeah. 
So basically, most of the years, I was just limiting my affairs. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't want this shit to kick up, and I didn't seem to have any say in the matter. Really. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it would be, and the weirdest thing is, after, after a run of this weirdness, I would be emotionally hungover. Because I wasn't mm -hmm. drinking anything anymore. And that mm -hmm. was unbearable. I felt mm -hmm. so bad and, and, mm -hmm. and funky, you know? So yeah. I basically said, I'm just going to avoid relationships, whatever, shit like that. Mm -hmm. and, then, and I'd always keep finding myself in them. And this one night, it was New Year's Eve, or I think Christmas Eve. This woman who I was seeing lived in San Fran. I lived out in Marin. Uh, the restless, irrit irritable uh, discontent, the thing triggered. And I was I started to get into a fight with her verbally upstairs. I stormed out with no wanting. I didn't want to leave at all. I wanted to keep fighting. But this was part of the fighting. I stormed out, got to the car. I immediately called her to re-engage. Yes. And then I went up and it was going to be like the same old, same old. And then just as I was going to say something, something came over me. And that 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 energy was directed somewhere else. It was mind boggling. It was like a living miracle. It was almost like the river was was misdirected. The Colorado River it just took a left. Yeah. And fucking the thing, the whole thing chilled out. Yeah chilled out the night went well and then a few t maybe a few months later it would come up but it wasn't didn't have the ferocity it used to have yeah, and it was, yeah, it was yeah, like yeah, a storm yeah. that was dying as long as i didn't feed it i died and even if i did feed it instead of you know ruining everything it would ruin a little bit of something yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. and then it just died off and i haven't had anything like that in years in years and years yeah but i had given up all hope it was going to change by and i was 11 years sober when it finally did so yeah <laughs> that's my experience right there <laughs> Yeah. I don't have another See, 11 years, I think. turned it over, I did tons of shit, nothing seemed to work, and yet it yeah. worked, finally. It's just a lot of time, it happens in its own time, yeah? You may think it's essential to happen now, but maybe that insane thing keeps you humble, or is used to be put to use for others. I have no idea. I have no idea the extent of what's using this attempt, this utensil, can use it. I don't. The way I view it is it's all about me. I've been re revealed that something else has a much larger landscape-ish view. And yeah. so sometimes, like they say, if something isn't removed, it's still useful. And there you go. Uh, and how could it be useful? But it is. Maybe, uh, uh, maybe there's a need for humility or something else. I don't know. But I have faith in the process. Yeah. yeah, I do. Yeah, th th this is also a funny thing, you know. I mean, humility. Uh, I also turned it over, turned it also in just having plain disrespect to myself. You know, making myself small. Actually, it's also in the book. Yes. This kind yeah. of tricks. Yeah. All this stuff, yeah. So this gets revealed. You can bring it to step six and seven. 
exactly. Just like with the talks, I don't have any uh, expectation of any specific result. It's out of my jurisdiction as soon as I come out. If this life has been turned over, a lot of it's out of my jurisdiction. Seriously, yes? All I, you know, basically, all I know is what I know to do. And a lot of times it's admitting I don't know what to do. Yeah. And there you are. And, and then I see what happens. Yeah. But that was an incredible uh, demonstration, seriously, because I know like our personal goats or our personal demons are hard to describe to others. So, but I'll just say this was a personal demon of yeah. putting my foot in my mouth when I was really in love or I thought I was vulnerable to someone. It was almost unbearable to stay that way. Yeah, my head would just start picturing a scenario of a master plan to fuck Paul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I'm here proud to say of AA that that's been removed as of today. Yeah. So, hallelujah. Yeah. But, you Thanks, know, I Paul. run over Sorry. a lot and stuff. I was run over a lot and, you know, twice and had over 15 operations and shit. The body has trauma. Had it, in other words, it's been shook up. It's, it still has a, 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 a sediment of reverberating, yeah? So I found uh, certain things were helpful for that, yeah. I mean, it's, you are shook up if you're in like a seven day run on coke and then the cops come. It's a very, it's a complete fuck. <laughs> it shakes you up unbelievably. And if that was be a way of life, for years, you're like, uh, you know, like you're, you've been shook and shook too much, like James Bond's mon martini. <laughs> you just got shook way too much. <laughs> you can't, you can't stop shaking. <laughs> it takes a while. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yes. Thanks, Walter. Thank you very much for your question, Walter. Um, have you got time for one more question, Paul, which is coming up to half past? Yes, for sure. Okay, so we're going um, next door to Germany now. If you'd like to unmute yourself, Oliver. Who's this? Hello, Oliver. It's Oliver, our colleague. Um, thank you, Paul. Thank you, everyone, for this meeting. Oliver. Yes. And uh, can you hear me well? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Great. Uh, there's something that you said earlier that really uh, doesn't seem only very interesting, but also I, I don't know what to think of it. It seems potentially very helpful. It's one of those produced one of those aha moments, and uh, uh, you said uh, something about you know we giving meaning, and uh, uh, in that meaning giving. Uh, what it produces is a power or, or a sense of power, you know, and uh, uh, I never actually uh, 
heard it that directly. Uh, I guess I heard it in maybe a lectures about poetry where we have, you know, or, you know, lyrics where we give meaning to lyrics that are, you know, deep and uh, we can recognize it and some other people maybe don't. And, you know, the deeper the meaning, the more power, whatever, <laughs> you know, and comparison between Eastern and Western poetry, you know, like in Western poetry, it's very dependent on meaning or, you know, meaning behind the words or in between words and in Eastern, maybe not that much, but that was about it. This was, this kind of struck me because, uh, I uh, uh, I wondered, you know, about that meaning giving and, and having that sense of power that I really, in my drinking years, especially later, missed so much. And, I, you know, part of the reason why I really, really on the surface and underneath felt so powerless, you know, and really like weak. What, why should I <laughs> use other word, right? And uh, was envious of people who, seemingly were able to manipulate and give a lot of meaning to a whole lot of shit and kind of, you know, uh, do it in a style that was supporting life. And they, they looked vital and energetic and capable of, you know, really living life successfully, right? And uh, I, I, I was seeing myself on the opposite side of it, you know? And I, I do wonder now, uh, maybe it's a bit too early to ask this question, isn't this like a typical self-movement, this meaning giving? Isn't it a substitute for, you know, real understanding that we come across, you know, in, in, in this uh, journey of recovery? And, uh, or, or do I, am I antagonizing here, you know, that meaning given that type of behavior? Is that, you know, self-movement or, yeah. I would say the latter part. Don't, uh, mm -hmm. don't review the review, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For me, uh, see, you and I give everything all the meaning it has uh, is an apt description of an activity I was unclear of <laughs> of most of my life. Yeah. So when I when that understanding is given to me, it becomes immediately applicable and it it, it ties a lot of things together that were were sloppily tied together with like false logic and weak rationalization you get an understanding that actually uh has some meat on it so now i don't know what you just said the two things i lost the first part so you want to say that again the last two things that it's the um, meaning and then something else i was uh you know, um, uh, I guess I, uh, I hadn't even formal, formalized this question uh, to the end, but I was wondering if, you know, the, uh, you know, that meaning giving is actually typical self movement in which we kind of want to substitute it for a, a real understanding. And yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that you'll know or you won't know. But if certain conditions change, you'll come to know what is and what ain't. It's just like the thing about when you get an idea, the idea of a higher power, 
uh, then a lot of weird things are rationalized based on that. And then you outgrow that. It talks about that in around the third step. So, mm-hmm. yeah. The understanding has a way of, if it's solid, it, uh, it just doesn't stay on the surface. It drops. Yeah. 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 So the head's always going to try to use everything it comes in contact with. That's an understanding. So, but you can sort of take, you know, if you've had a taste of gold, you can taste the golden things. Yeah. I think all of us have had a taste of gold. So now you can taste the golden things. You can taste something if it's tinny. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. That's all I got to say about it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Paul. Yeah. uh, I appreciate your head. So, yeah. You just don't want it to turn on itself too much. (laughs) yeah thanks paul and thanks for your question oliver um so yeah that's all the questions for tonight do you want to say goodbyes to everyone paul uh yes i would like to yes here we go we've got uh michael stacy he's left the room but he's never left my heart hey that's nice judy judy g Judy, you're on good hands. Yes, yes, yeah. That which you think would bring about an assurance, you're in the assurance. Yes, so yeah. It's like a guy said to me once uh, a story about a sponsor. So the sponsor was telling them about six and seven, you know, having these things removed. And the guy said, well, how do I know if they're removed or not? And he says, well, act as if they were, and there, there you go. <laughs> it works. <laughs> so, all right, Roman, nice to see you all the time. Yep. Yes, it's looking like Italy's a go. So, yeah, yes, as of now. We've got Ben. I don't see him, but I feel him there. Connor, nice to see Connor. He's he shifted his seat. It's, it's not yeah. under, it's not underneath the cabinets now. There he goes. I'm back there. It's nice to see you, Connor. All's well. Yeah, real good. Thanks. Yeah, good. Right. Good. Good. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Stefan, on having never left. There he is. We got Eric D in a car hopefully he's not driving that's good we, we got jeff p that would be weird if they're pulling people over for being on zoom now you know what i mean wow. <laughs> we got jeff p from southern cal nice to see you jeff all's well yeah good good we got tom from new hampshire it's springtime hopefully yeah, it's great. What a beautiful place. Jacob in Seattle. There he is. Nice to see you, Jay. All's well, I hope. Yeah. All right, good. Rich A. Rich, thanks to you for the job. 
for your service. Uh, let me see. We've got uh, Alex. Alex. Uh, Walter. Alex did, did a something with her hair again. There she is. <laughs> We got Walter. I wish Walter did something with his hair. There he is. Yeah. <laughs> we got Rick Rowe from T from Toronto. Nice to see you, Rick. Joseph from France. Nice to see you, Joseph. Chris from Mammoth Lakes. It looks like the wood stove isn't being used right now. Ah, it's pretty warm down there, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Mika, the matriarch of Madeira. There she is. Uh, Jack G. I don't know where he's in. Looks like he's in a paddock somewhere. <laughs> we got Zach. Zach, uh, why don't you call me tonight, Zach? You have my number? Zach, call me after nine or so. I'll be home. I'm going to the city and then I'll be back by then. Jesus Christ, look at that shirt pk has on wow hey thanks paul i just want to say something you know what you said about the pasta and the sauce you're making yeah. me hungry but i think <laughs> that was, it was just so nourishing man to hear your story i mean obviously there really is only a seeming sense of a story like walter and bloodline we watch a story we can relate to it but i love hearing your story it's so fucking nourishing pardon my french oops it's freaking, it's freaking nourishing your story, man. And I feel like what you said is that if there's something that's still going on in your life, maybe it's for a reason. So hopefully we can all gather up the strength from this nourishment that you're sharing, man. I really, you know, it, it's fucking great, man. Pardon me. Oops. It's freaking great. <laughs> how many things, how many things have changed that there was a belief in your head that would never change? I mean, how many of how many of those examples are necessary for a new basis to be established? Obviously, yes. Yeah. Exactly. Slowly, it's inevitable, though. It is. And what's the major agenda, supposedly in AA, is to be of use to others. How are we to know how's that supposed to look? Yeah. 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 Thank you. It's it's like I said, man. It's 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 truly nourishing for me. I am getting hungry for some pasta and sauce too. But from a, on go. a spiritual standpoint, or not even spiritual, just on a practical, like you said, from a relief standpoint. Yes, man. It, it's great, man. So really, thank you for your service. I really, your words, you know, really are are, are very healing. Thank you. It's a great example and an inspiration, you know, for me to to you know, live in a similar way, you know? Well, great, PK. Nice to hear from you, bro. Thank you, man. For a lifetime you. member of zenbitchslap.com. You know it. I think I'm going to talk to the Zen Bitch Slap fashion director to call you up. So be uh, be ready for a call, all right? All right. All right, all right thanks. Well, so we got Zach. I talked with him. Jason in San Diego. Amy in Seattle, she's sitting right in front of the free, right on the freeway there. Wow. Yeah. Uh, we got Karen. There she is walking around. She's, uh, she's got someone else's phone who doesn't know it. Yeah. All right. There she goes. 
we got Terry from Maine. Maine's gonna be looking pretty good, I hope, soon. Yeah, great. Let's see, we've got uh, Jesse from Ireland. We got Nina, oh, there she is. Nina, nice to see you. Yep, Oliver K from Berlin. Ashley, Ashley, I'm hoping all is well. Uh, that's it, I think. Hey, thank you everyone for, for attending and we'll stay in touch. We'll be here Saturday is a live meeting and Zoom, one o'clock Pacific time. Uh, yes, see everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks, Paul. Thank you. Bye.